Welcome to Spirit in the Schools, a show revealing the Holy Spirit through self-gift and education. And now, here's your host, Mr. Zach Coyle. Spirit in the Schools. Welcome, listeners, to Spirit in the Schools. We are so happy to be here with our third episode. And I'm so excited to introduce our guests, Dennis Wigman and Diana Tandy from Queen of Angels here in Fort Wayne. And so today we're going to have a chance to really think about how we see the Holy Spirit in education through the fruits of the Holy Spirit, which is really a theme of the show itself. So I'm so excited to hear about Queen of Angels and in particular in a pretty amazing program that we have available to us in schools, Finus and Pinnell, a literacy program. So we're going to hear more about that. But we definitely want to open up with prayer and we'll hop into that in just a moment. Let's begin in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord God, we thank you so much for the gift of Catholic education. We thank you for our guests with us here today and for our listeners. We ask that you would fill us all with the fire of your Holy Spirit, the fire of your love. May we be transformed to become ever more authentic disciples of our Savior, your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, for our listeners and and for our guests today, just doing a little bit of an overview of what the podcast is all about. So Spirit in the Schools looks to find a truly uh, dynamic program in our schools that represents the Holy Spirit's presence. And so the reason we do that, our church affirms we have five ways we can know God in the world. And a lot of our people in our church really know about these, scripture, sacraments, for people who have faith, who choose, I do believe in the Lord, that feels a little bit, uh, I think, self-evident that we would find God that way. So nature, we find God's beauty in the created world. That can feel somewhat obvious in prayer too. But one that sometimes gets less attention is lived experience. And so as we talk about what Fonis and Pinnell looks like at Queen of Angels, we really have an opportunity to see one fruit of the Holy Spirit in particular, the fruit of patience. And so we'll we'll do that uh, in just a moment, but it's really a joy to be with you both. And I can't thank you enough for coming on the show today. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. So Dennis and Diana, I know we've shared your names, but can you give us a little bit about your role at Queen of Angels, how long you've been there, and share with a listener something you love about the school? Absolutely. Uh, I'm Dennis Wigman. I'm the principal at Queen of Angels. I've been here since January of 2019 uh, as the principal. And one of the things I like probably the most about our school is our ability to just love the kids. Uh, we, we we work very hard, and I think every Catholic school does that, and every probably even public school spends time doing that. But we truly try to find the love of the Lord and utilize that to show those students, even on their worst days, even on our worst days. So that's the part that I think I love the most about our school. That is a joyful thing to hear. Clearly a sign of the Holy Spirit's presence that love is really guiding all that you're doing in planning about your day. Diana, tell us a little bit about your role and something you love about Queen of Angels. Um, I am currently a fifth grade teacher at Queen of Angels. I came to Queen of Angels a year ago, so this is only my second year there, although I have 34 years before that. Wow. And I believe that God pulled me in a direction to join the Queen of Angels family, and um, through it, it has really revived my spirit in teaching, and I am just blessed to work with the teachers, with the students, the parents at Queen of Angels, and just to be part of that family. It's a blessing. That revival, I love that you use that word because that's something as Christians I think we probably truly need every day of our lives. 
that there's always a deeper relationship the Lord wants with us. So I love that you use that word, Diana. That's fantastic. Revival, amen. That's fantastic. Well, so today, for a listener who may never have heard of Faunus and Pinnell, I really thought of you both and thought of Queen because I, I knew a little bit about your work to implement this program. And I think there's something in your intentionality about the design you put into the patience required to adopt this, what it would mean for you all as teachers, what it would mean for your students, and in that intentionality, there is something of the Lord. And so I'm, I'm hoping some of our questions today can really speak to that. But I think the first thing for listeners, well, what in the world is Faunus and Pinnell? You know, I've never heard of it. It sounds like, is this English? You know, so tell us a little bit about what Faunus and Pinnell is. Well, I, th I think there has to be a little bit of background when it goes to that. So I started as a public school teacher before I was a principal. So for 13 years, I, I dealt with different types of uh, literacy processes and things like that. And I worked with Diana also at our at our past school. And when I arrived at Queen of Angels, we had very antiquated materials. We we didn't really have a good process and, and good materials to help us with literacy, with writing, with reading, with just understanding. Sure. And, uh, in my mind, I knew I wanted to go with Fontas Pinnell because that's what I was familiar with. And Fontas Pinnell is not a it's not a textbook. It is a system. It's a literacy system because it incorporates not only small group guided reading, it provides us three times a year of benchmark assessments similar to our NWEA and sure. our iLearn. And it also provides us with mini lessons and read-alouds that are, are extras. And those were things that when we first started Fontes Pinnell, when we were in Huntington, we never received any of that stuff. That all came later. Okay. But, but just those guided reading books in themselves, they're leveled <clears throat> for the students at their reading level. And what's great is they, they correlate really well with like A to Z books. And it also correlates with some of the other texts out there. So you can do some correlations with other schools if or say we have a student that's a C in Fontes Pinnell. Right. If they're using a different series, we may be able to correlate that if we get a new student from another school. Um, and Fontes Pinnell just it, it's jokingly some of the the professionals that I use for consulting say when you go with Fontes Pinnell, you're going more with a Cadillac. Um, it is it is a very high end product. It's an expensive product. We were very fortunate that. Um, when COVID happened and we were able to get some uh, of the gear money and the CARES money, I knew exactly what I wanted to do. And it was to bring Fontes Pinnell to our school because I couldn't afford it any other way. But it was an opportunity to get teachers and students to learn the process that comes along with Fontes Pinnell. And I'll let Diana explain a little more about how that works in the classroom. But it, it it's truly is just a, it's a system. It's not, it's a system of learning how to read and incorporating some writing, but it, it truly is, isn't just a textbook you look at. And that's a beautiful answer. And, and Diana, I definitely will, will come to you in a minute, but just mm -hmm. something spoke to me in listening to you, Dennis, that you know, you talked about how funds for this came to happen for Queen through COVID legislation. And I think so often of how much we think as a human society, we lost. We lost X or Y or Z in different ways. And there was real suffering, mm -hmm. right? I mean, obviously, most significant loss of life for families affected, but suffering in other ways. But yet God provides. And so you actually witnessed to the faith. And I, I thought, again, Diana, about your word about revival and so you were open to the Lord's grace, allowing for a revival of literacy instruction at Queen of Angels. And that's such a phenomenal thing. And so I think a lot of our parents who might be listening may not really know about some of the things you mentioned, benchmarks or, or the leveled readers, right? So we'll come back to that. 
But Diana, why don't we go to you now and mm-hmm. ask you a little bit about Finest of Panel in the Classroom. What are you doing with it? What does it look like for a kiddo? Just what's on your heart with that? Well, Fontas and Pinnell is a has a framework that wants students to read about their reading, think about their reading, write about their reading. It encompasses the whole child. Okay. And um, through the way they have it set up, the program, we're able to hit all of those areas. A typical day in my classroom would be starting off with a mini lesson and we'd spend about five to eight minutes on that. Okay. Then we would go into what is called their IRA, and that's um, an interactive read aloud. And that's where we truly get the kids doing some of the thinking about what is being read sure. and, and putting it into some real-world thought that they might have. Um, then we will typically go into grouping students, and we group students by levels, and um, we can— We'll talk a little bit more about that, I'm sure, but we can use this information for data collection so we know what is right for that student. Right. Um, And then there is also some writing and some wrap-up that we do. So we are just embedding the students within the reading process throughout the entire uh, reader's workshop. I really think a beautiful tie-in again for our faith. So we're meeting students where they are. Absolutely. With their reading ability, right? Absolutely. And that's that's something that people engage in ministry, which we are in Catholic education, think about because that's what the Lord did, right? He he met the apostles and everyone he served where they were. I was thinking about the gospel from just this last, uh, well, just yesterday from Sunday. And so it was the story of the resurrection encounter where the apostles see the risen Lord on the beach and, and there's, you know, he has the the catching of the fish and cooks for them. But he offers Peter the chance to profess his love for the Lord three times, right? And I hadn't learned this, but the priest shared, so when Christ asked Peter, do you love me? In the Greek translation, the highest form of love, agape, is divine love. And so that's what Christ was answering. And at that point, Peter had not yet received the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. So he answered with yes, but it was philos, which is brotherly love, still a valid love, but a little bit of a lower level. So in the first two questions, Christ asked Peter, do you agape me? Do you have divine love for me? But in the third, he actually asked Peter, do you philos me, right? Do you have, so he met Peter where he was. So with Phanas and Pinnell, there actually to me is a direct, like there's, there's something in that ministry. When we think about patience with one another and with our students, and we think about, well, where is whoever this kiddo's name is, right? We don't, you know, we're not going to name any of our actual students, but wherever this kiddo is in front of me, how can I meet him or her today and bring them further along in their learning and, and therefore show them that they're loved and closer to the Lord? So I love the idea of a leveled reader. And I think, you know, many of our parents, I think, probably have some knowledge of what a leveled reader or a group is about. But I think there could be a lot that really don't. So maybe we could, I could ask you both a little bit just about helping a listener understand if, if my child says he's in a reading group or she's in a reading group, what, is that, what do we do with a, with a leveled reading group? And so we talk about the letters, like just, mm-hmm. just giving somebody a sense of what does that mean for a parent? Right. Each of the children are assessed three times mm-hmm. a year uh, minimum, and we place them in a level that is best fit for them at their reading. Uh, One of the best things I can think about as you were just talking is I had a student that when he finished with his group work, he went back and his writing portion was, you know, what did today's story mean to you? 
Yes. And he sat down and he wrote and he put, you know, dear God, thank you for finally giving me a book that I can read and understand. Amen. Amen. And I thought, (laughs) wow, if that doesn't say it all. Um, the little guy was just so excited to come back to the reading table the next day. Diana, that is incredible. Yeah. It's, I am joyful it's hearing impactful. that prayer. That's, that's amazing. Thank you so much for sharing yeah. it. Well, what's great about it also, Zach, is it can also, when they're not in that small group, <clears throat> it also will give you their independent reading level. So, mm-hmm. so by finding their instructional level, and that's that area where you know you need to work with them instructionally with other right. people, it also tells you, hey, while they're not with me, I could choose a book that's at their independent level, which is not that far behind, and they can be at the, their at their own space sure. and reading at that independent level and growing on those skills that we're already asking them to grow on. So, so it separates uh, both levels and it gives us an opportunity. The other thing it allows us to do is um, it, it shows us how they're growing as far as in advancement or in where, where they need more remediation. So those leveling systems are so important in helping us determine how much remediation they need or, oh my gosh, I need to really work on some higher skills because they're they're they're, they're really strong. Um, and that that also though ties into that kind of idea of taking good anecdotal notes and understanding that the reading behaviors behind the student are just as important as them being able to look at the text and be able to read it. So so there's a lot that co- goes into it. It's um, about the te- text, during the text, and above the, you know beyond the text. Well, I appreciate your explanation of. So when we're reading it, we're, we're thinking about very intentionally, what are we reading? We're going to write about it. And I love that you even use the language of we're going to read about it, right? We're going to reread it. We're really right. going to engage with that text. Um, and so hearing your support, Dennis, about what we're doing, what Queen of Angels is doing for each student, pretty phenomenal. That's, that's great to hear. Well, let's think a little bit about adoption. So you both had the chance to learn about this while you were uh, still in your ministry in the public schools. Mm-hmm. And, of course, we've covered that there was this opportunity through COVID and the funding the schools had to bring this. But I think any major shift like that, you had mentioned previous materials were antiquated, right? So a major shift, that is one way that we practice patience. And I think there's different definitions of patience that we all might have. But one that I've kind of carried in my heart is trust in the face of. The of can actually change, right? It could be trust in the face of adversity or irritation or uh, perhaps of anxiety or doubt or all those things, but somebody who's patient trusts, right? Ultimately, the Lord. But I, I really would love to to have our listeners know a little bit more because if you know parents out there and they might be interested in in hearing about this for their school, it, it could really tie in, I think, in a very meaningful way. So, what was was this back in 1920 then that so, you had it, or 2021? We actually, so I purchased it in 2021. Okay. Diana was in her final year, which she, I don't know if she necessarily knew if she was in her final year at Huntington Community Schools at the time. But uh, I had talked to her and I said, you know, I really think I want to bring Fontes Pinnell to, to Queen of Angels. And she's like, I think you need to. And she goes, they've, they've added some things and I think you're really going to like it. And I, I knew I knew what I got out of it when I was a teacher in Huntington, so I knew I would like it. And uh, we had this opportunity, and right when we were getting ready to look at, at buying, um, Diana applied for a position at my school. Okay. Uh, that whole divine intervention, you know, nothing by coincidence. She, she applied for a position. Um, somebody else interviewed her. I wasn't, I, I stepped out of there just to make sure that I wasn't showing any type right, of Right. And we would have to do that sharing the ministry of principal life <laughs> yeah, as we do. Yeah, exactly. That's right. So, um, so, you know, I, fortunately we were able to hire her and 
if a normal if any other school was going to purchase this, I would highly recommend that they also purchase the professional development with it. Mm-hmm. Right. But the fact is, Diana and I spent so many years teaching Pontus Panel. We knew that we could do the professional development on our own. Um, I've I've shared this with other principals, and I have another principal that has purchased this. And you know, when That's I talk to awesome. him, he's like. Yeah, it's kind of a struggle. And I'm like, yeah, but you got to buy the you, because you have to pay for the mm-hmm. PD because I just can't send Diana out to the school to go do the PD for them because she has she has students she has to be right. working with. Right. But um, that PD, we've even talked, though, as we move farther along, that we might need to invest some money into doing right. some more extensive PD for our teachers. I mean, they appreciate our personal touch that we give to it. Uh, obviously, there's things that we miss, and there's things that sure, probably right. can make their jobs maybe a little bit easier. Um, you know, and I'd be remiss to tell you that the other cool thing about this is there's a website that you can go on and you can type in any book, and it will give you the Fontes and Pinnell level for it. So well, that's pretty fantastic. So, uh, for so a they could go, or yeah, an they, could, they could go to the library right? or they could go on their Kindle and know. That you know, I can read this book and it's at my level. So, that's so that's pretty cool. Um, but it, it kind of goes through with the system. Like we we had to purchase that way, you know, pay ten bucks a year for the website. But in our mind, if that's the system we're using, it's worth it. It is worth so, it. So, and I'll let Diana share a little more as far as like how we adopted and you know how much further we went with it. Right. right. So, twenty twenty one was the first year Queen had it. Correct? Yes. Yes. Okay. So last year was our big kickoff with the teachers, and that paradigm shift is one of the toughest things that you can have. Yeah, talk about patience. Yes, talk (laughs) about patience. Our staff was amazing with patience. That's so good to hear. There were days, I'm sure, they thought, what are we doing? What have we taken on? But um, they they took that challenge, and uh, we started with just basic training. We met at my house, and we put some kits together, and we talked about what those kits did. And then we took the next step, and we ordered the leveled library. Okay. And um, teachers went through, and uh, with the leveled libraries, they give a teacher guide that tells you different areas based on your student population that you can teach. Sure. And then it gives you suggested questions to ask along the way to get that interaction going. And uh, it was just a process to work through step by step. And there's still days that we say to each other, can I come in and watch you teach this? Well, that's a beautiful so, gift. It is. Peer observation. I learned so much more. I think that was probably the most dynamic way I learned about better practice to see fellow teachers teaching. Right, so right. So that's awesome to know you're right. offering you and know, the, that opportunity. And the nice thing with this program, it is giving some of that ownership to the students where so often in the past – Teachers want to do the talking, and teachers want to monopolize the time. Yes. And the whole point behind this is to get the students leading some of the instruction and getting the students to have ownership in their learning. Right. And um, this program really gives room for that so that the kids become part of their own learning process. So it's kind of a technical follow-up. I was thinking a little bit about the small group focus. So the student's active. Uh He, she has that leveled reader. They're at their ability. It sounds like that might have been a little bit new at the time, that yeah. maybe just the small groups were, were also new and, and learning, how do I even format my room, you know, yes. let alone like the 45-minute the period or the 90-minute block or whatever. Do you, do you, how so. does it actually work? I should actually and ask that, you that. And that formatting definitely 
is evolving because you know we we actually lost seven teachers last year and we had wow. to, we and, and we weren't we weren't un, any unusual from any other school that lost teachers but our well, even COVID our, really did rock the boat yes it did yes and, and you know with our new teachers they came in they came in excited but you know it, it's different it's it's something that's a little bit a lot different than anything you would do with a textbook so they're all still evolving their rooms to what fits best for grouping i mean the spacing in the environment makes so much of a difference because if you don't if you don't space it correctly, you got people bunched up together, and that makes it really difficult to have you be doing a group with your kids and with somebody right there talking right. next to you. Right. So you have so it, again that part's still evolving. But the cool thing about this is that even as a new teacher that didn't have that initial training with Diana, those cards the, they they get they get this card with each book. And it guides them and gives them leading questions. And it, it it pretty much kind of tells them what to do. And what I tell them is use the card, but don't make it your dependency. Right. Learn from right. the card and then make it your own. But it's a floor. It's a starting point. Absolutely. And then you can it, always build it, on it. It basically gives you everything you need to do. You just format it in a way that makes sense to you so you can relate right. it to your students. Right. And that's probably, the mo- to me, one of the most amazing parts of the right. system is that guidance it gives you so that, you know, if you did buy the system and you had to wait a couple months for training, you could still do this. Sure. Um, because sure. It, gives you the, it gives you those, those pieces. And it's very authentic text. The, the students just love the books that come with the series. So sure. they, if you decide a day that we're not going to get to an IRA, the students will say, hey, we didn't do the interactive read aloud today. And so they're actually asking. They're, they miss it. To, they they have miss it. it. Absolutely. And it's, it's not only fiction, but it's nonfiction. Uh, so so it, it exposes them to and, – and we as educators know that nonfiction is one of the harder texts for mm-hmm. students to relate yeah. to and understand. So being able to provide that nonfiction text. Um, the, the other thing is, and, and, and it's with anything that you purchase, we also have to be very deliberate because out of the hundreds of books that we have through this, there are some that don't fit what we what we promote in our in our Catholic faith. So we so literally very intentional about finding. Well, those. when we go in, we right. we look at each level, and if it's something that doesn't fit and and would go against anything we do, right? They're pulled immediately. I'll, I'll say if there's a listener out there that has access to a publisher, if if a national <laughs> publisher picks up a Catholic reading series and program. They could make millions yes, because that's could. something our, our church really needs. Yes. And I, and I know that other nations with a developed Catholic education system would, would benefit as well. But now I really appreciate you uh, speaking as we share this discipleship, you know, to our Lord and, and the love and the joy of that about how intentional you need to be about that process. So that is really a gift. Well, the patience needed over two years, not only with your initial training— but with new staff coming on board, I think you said it was seven teachers. We all saw a lot of change with, with COVID. It takes time and it takes resilience and it takes persistence to say, this is something we as an institution commit to. And so we have to walk out. I'm sure there were many bumps, right? And so, but you've done that. And so living that patience and that this is where I really want to kind of throw in just because I, I think a lot of like deeply committed Catholics, people who are like crazy in love with our Lord, right? I, I needed to look up the definition of the fruits of the Holy Spirit because this is, this is just something I'm seeing. So the observable behaviors of people who have allowed the grace of the Holy Spirit to be effective in them. And so we're talking about this one particular series at this one particular school, but 
But this is really about the Holy Spirit, right? You have allowed a certain grace, patience, to be effective, not only in the two of you. And again, I'm sure there's lots of bumps in the story, right? But in your team. And so what it means for your kids is that they have a lot of love behind them. And this is yet another way they see the Lord with them, which is fantastic. With emerging readers, no matter what age they are, what grade they are, there's that patience as well because they're they're learning something and and the teacher you know I, I will tell you one thing about Fontes Pinel there's a, there's a break point where when you're between an H and an I you're like stuck there and okay the, the kid just it, for some reason they, it's just when the text becomes just a little more difficult mm-hmm. it, but once they hit that I boom they just get moving they take and, off and, and so there's a mm-hmm. lot of patience not only because the, the the students frustrated right but the teachers like I know you can get there and and you know just that you want to help them get there but you know it's you, you got to also let them get there yes and so there, there's that patience too that's interesting and and you know it, it sometimes can can be frustrating, but the reward in the end is is, is awesome because yeah. it just jumps on, and then they start tracking. Like I said, moving along real quick again. Well, and I just admire hearing your energy about yeah. that, and that's that's what defines, I think, a really great educator, and in particular, must define a Catholic educator is that excitement for the for the children's learning when they when that fire is lit. Well, um, Diana and Dennis, I think I should ask you both. So, think about a parent who's listening; they really may not know about a literacy system, right? That that whole term could just be like, whoa, what, you know, I've been listening, but I'm still not, right? So it might be helpful to think about, and, and we've kind of already said it and what the difference was, but if your school didn't have something like this, you know, what, what would be there before, right? And so it kind of helps a listener understand a little bit more about what the system means. Um, what comes to mind for for either of you about, if you didn't have that, what, what would it have looked like? You can go. So with literacy, there's there there's so many different things that you have to look for. You're you're looking at the different um, learning pieces that they have. So one of the things that we were always taught was you had to first be able to present some type of mini lesson on a skill that you needed to learn. And, and that skill then becomes what you focus on when you read. Sure. So once once you do that mini lesson, then you have to have time that in that mini lesson has to be short. I mean, any more than ten minutes, and you lose the 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 gusto of it because it's it's so important just to get it there and get out because then you want to see it applied. One so, research and education is really said right. So you yes. get a minute per age. Yeah. Of actual sustained focus. So 10 minutes, yep. there you go, yeah. right? Yes. Glory be to God. Yeah. It's great that we know this and that you live it. So then from there, you have to, you still have to hit some different things. So you want to be able to learn to know whether they can comprehend. So you're going to have these small groups of, of students, even if you don't have this Fontes Panel system, you got to have these small groups where you can come together and read books of similar um, abilities mm-hmm. and understand how they their reading behaviors are. Do they, can they comprehend? What is their rote or their rate of reading? You know, are they fluent? Do they need to work on that? How do they track their words? You know, can they can they do it without tracking words? Sure. You know, all these different things, and then you have to have that that comprehension base where after they read it, do they understand? Now, is that a visual comprehension because they were looking at the pictures, or is it from what they read? Right. And then you have to be able to incorporate some type of word work to understand some of the vocabulary that you were talking about. And uh, so well, it sounds like to, writing is really a pillar for Fontes So, so it, it finishes with this writing piece that you have to 
um, explore and do. And Fontes Pinel gives some stems, but a lot of our writing then transfers over more into like six traits. Right. And uh, there's a group out of um, Warren, Indiana named uh, Smeckens. And Christina Smeckens does a lot with six traits. So we we incorporate that part of the writing then into what Fontes Pinel is already delivering to us. But even without Fontes Pinel, all of those components still have to be in place to do good reading instruction. Right. Mm-hmm. So, Well, and it sounds like, you know, earlier in education, we, we might know if we think back far enough in our own careers and, and certainly before, the idea of having actual benchmarks and, and data. Now, of course, there's that digital component to it, but to really see how the child is doing, even the idea of having leveled readers that, you know, you go back to a basic reading text all right, everybody, this is what you need. And somebody who's really advanced is going to be bored out of their mind. Yep. Somebody who is still struggling to, to get those, you know, foundational skills isn't ready for that. And so there's a beauty in the assessment telling you where the child is and then having the resources to meet it. So that's that's kind of just, I think for a listener, they may not have really thought about, yeah, that's really a different concept than what we might remember of our own primary education. When I would say even parents our age might remember what happened when they were first and second graders. Just listening to this conversation, when I was in first grade at St. John New Haven, I remember my my teacher having books that we would talk about, but she'd have little um, baskets of books, but she didn't tell us what the level was. We didn't even know. I mean, she right. just listened to what we did, listened to our behaviors, and we moved. And, oh, hey, you do really good, so here's another book. And she she was probably tracking it like what we do today, but we would have never known what it was. But, I mean, we've been we've been tracking reading and understanding reading behaviors for years. We just – it's just evolved into other things, and yeah. they've found ways to make it easier for us to do it. Well, and the depth needed for having the small groups, right, Absolutely. so that we're meeting Absolutely. students. Guides our instruction. Yes, that's Absolutely. that's yeah. beautiful to hear. Yeah, that that's station great. piece probably wasn't in place way back right. then, but yeah. that individualization was. Well, I think it'd be great to reflect on where you see fruitfulness in your own school and success from this, right? So I, it could be a story of a child who really has come to master their reading skills. It could be, Dennis, from the sense of all the work you both have put in with the teachers about they uh, have now had this training and they're starting to really own it and and live it. What comes to mind? What's a success story you would share? Well, I I want to begin by saying I cannot thank our teachers enough for the positive attitudes that they've had and and taking this on to meet that challenge. Um, students, I, this year I have a student in my class that you'd like them to go up between two to three levels throughout the year. Sure. And this particular student, when he found out his level, he says, well, what do I need to do to go to move faster? And so we talked about how he could make a commitment each night and, you know, spend time doing some extra reading, talking about it, you know, during your prayer, asking for patience as you try to grow. Yes. And this student, as of December, had already gone up four levels. Wow. So <laughs> I mean, that's I, incredible. Total, I was so impressed with this student. And, uh, he is another one. One of the things that I do with my group is after we read a story that might have a possible character and we talk about the mood or the theme, mm-hmm. I will say, right. go back with your Bibles and I want you to give advice, finding a verse from your Bible to the character, and, explain character. And, and why you would give it. Oh, that's cool. And uh, I mean, that's just straight yeah, cool. That's it, what that is. It, you know, <laughs> and, it, and it's exciting because then I say the next day at Community Circle, you'll bring back that advice that you have. 
and why you chose that. Okay. And it's amazing because we can all read the same book and pick four different verses and all have our own reasons. Yes. So they have that own thinking. Yes. Um, another thing that we do with it is we also, uh, with their Bibles, we have talked a lot about annotating this year. Okay. Yeah. And so we've actually taken what we've done with Fontas and Pinnell, and we now take out our Bibles, and they realize it's okay to mark up our Bible because we're highlighting and we're annotating to the side. You the know, Word wants us to learn from sacred scripture. Absolutely. Amen. Absolutely. Yes. So the kids are realizing, hey, this is what I thought this meant. And then we can, uh, Father comes in on Thursdays, and sometimes the kids will pull that out, as well as Mrs. Wigman does religion with our kids. And my students will ask her about what something meant if they didn't understand it based on what they've read and then annotated. So sure. it's it's taking that reading and putting it in all areas of our life. Well, what a beautiful success story, Diane, of that young man in four levels Amazing. in just the opening months, right? I can't wait to that's, do him in a couple that's more incredible. weeks. incredible. And I really do want to compliment you because obviously there's, there's something, I think listeners, parents, they appreciate teachers, right? There's a trust in teachers, but sometimes we don't really get to understand the depth of learning that you have as a master educator because you're using that, you know, he needed that specific coaching that you were the one to give him, right? He needed you to give him that. And you did, and look look what came from that, right? So, I, and I love that your prayer for him included patience because that's something probably very sincerely when we think about the fruits as a whole and think about patience, every one of us needs to beg the Lord for greater patience. I think even the greatest saints that, that we know of who are, who are known and have worked miracles probably truly begged the Lord for patience on, you know, many of them did do that and we know that. Yes. So that's beautiful. That's great. What about it, All Dennis? Right, so, you had a success so my, story, so I think, too. Goes more, um, I'm the instructional leader of the school. You know, that's what we are as principals. Right. We are the instructional leaders. And, you know, I think the biggest success, and I, I'm going to piggyback a little bit off a of die for the teachers, is the teachers. Because this system gives you everything, but you still have the ability to be creative and autonomous mm -hmm. and, and teach it the way you know how to do things. And, you know, there's not many things that spell it out to you and then say, do it your way. Yes. And, and, and it's huge. And if, you know what, but for those new teachers that only are, it's their first year, it gives them the grace to try it. Mm -hmm. But it, if they get if they get lost, it's right there to help them. Right. And, you know, for me, with first and second year teachers, even third year teachers, well, you know, even our veteran teachers, when you're learning a new skill, just like our students, we have to have some grace. Now, at some point, you, you should be able to master that and you need to be able to master that. But the grace that you get and the ability to have autonomy in your teaching, mm -hmm. and it's right there for you. Yeah, yes. I mean, it, it, it's amazing. And and to me, I, I believe that is the biz, biggest success for Fontas Pinnell and Queen of Angels is our teacher's ability to see what they have and try to be autonomous with it and, yeah. and make it their own and then to help That's the, really inspiring. Grow, or the students grow. Well, and I really do see, and, and I hope that in this podcast, we help a listener realize God actually is in our lived experience. He promised us this directly, right? So your lived experience these last two years, and we've kind of nodded and like, yeah, we've had bumps in the implementation, right? But <laughs> you've committed to patience. And we just heard about two of the fruits that that's given most especially the students, but it's given your your staff and your climate there. So well, glory be to God for that gift. And I guess the other interesting part is sometimes when you implement new things, and you know this, and anybody that listens to this that is an educator knows, sometimes things get implemented and they get pulled away very quickly. 
And I had to reassure my teachers that with their patients, because it, it's, it involves that this isn't going away. This is, this we're is really some, committed. This, this is a mm-hmm. system I'm devoted to and we're devoted to this for our students. So, um, you know, there, there's that aspect of it too, is of, of understanding that I'm not just throwing something at you because I had money that was given to me to throw it out there. I, sure. I, I was deliberate in giving you something that I believe is going to hone in and expand the most skills for our students as it can. That's kind of, I think, here to me again is the Holy Spirit because I was sharing just one way I think about patience that we have trust in the face of. So you really were providing, and, and the of again could be whatever, right? But you were really providing your team with the trust factor there, right? They had a trust that you were committed, that this was something that would be embedded. And, and certainly we know best practice in education is that schools really will be living a literacy system. So for you to bring that with the fidelity you've done, with the joy that it's, you know, carried for Queen of Angels, what a grace. So that's phenomenal. Well, one of the things, we'll close with prayer in a moment, but just I always want to invite a response for a listener if they're hearing this and thinking, well, great. You know, I heard, you know, they may, through Spoke Street, they could be somewhere else in, in the country and not really know anything about Indiana, right? So, well, great. You know, I heard all this great stuff about Queen, so so I can't get there because that would be a 12-hour commute, you know? <laughs> so so how could they learn more about Faunus and Pinnell? What, where would you point them to go if they want to just understand this a little bit more? Um, Fontis and Pinnell does have a website that you can go to if you just type in Fontis and Pinnell resources, and it will actually break down their program, okay. and it's it explains things very well. And uh, there's also uh, a contact number that you can contact people. I can just imagine questions. that there there could be other schools that just haven't had the resources yet or, or whatever the opportunity. So a parent might need to learn that and, and sit down with their principal and, and figure right. it out together. So. That's great to know about, Diana. And Thank for the you. educators that might be listening to this, um, the Reading Recovery National Reading Recovery Conference every year is held mm-hmm. um, in Columbus, Ohio, at the United uh, Ohio State University. And um, Irene um, Fontes and Gaysu Pinnell, who are the authors of Fontes and Pinnell, actually are from Ohio State University, and that's where they've developed a lot of these resources, and a lot of their people come from that area. So they There's really talk, a they, depth of knowledge there. There yeah. is, yeah. And, and they bring in all these different other experts that may not even do Fontes Pinnell, but it's there to be advertised at the National Reading Recovery Conference. And you can you can read up on Fontes Pinnell, and you know, just like anything, there's going to be people that it wasn't successful, and maybe it was implementation. But you can you can get documents and you can get research that shows what they're doing has impact. That is phenomenal, and and I really admire the depth of knowledge that both of you bring to the table. And it's kind of that that old adage, but it's so often the how in life versus the what. The what here is what we've been talking about and is deeply important. It's led to a transformation. But the how is something we just said a minute ago about your team having trust that this is something Queen of Angels would be really committed to. And so there again, we have that patience with one another and, and God is present in that. And so I think it's just that opportunity to look at something great that you've achieved and know that God is the source of that greatness and give him the glory but also really celebrate that he lets us share in it, right? Because it's fun. It's fun to share in that. So, well, thank you for sharing, uh, Diana and Dennis. What a joy to be with you. And uh, listeners, we certainly hope that whether your school has Fonis and Pinnell or, or you're more interested now in uh, hearing about a literacy system, hopefully this has really kind of gotten those mental gears turning and there's more you can kind of find out on your own. But 
There's a lot of joy in it when we commit to it with patience, and certainly the Lord is present. Well, with that, let's close in prayer. And thank you, listeners, for tuning in to episode three of Spirit in the Schools. Here with Diana Tandy and Dennis Wigman at Queen of Angels. Thank you both. Thank you, Zach. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord God, we give you praise in all things. We thank you for your many blessings. I thank you in a particular way for the blessing of our time together this afternoon and the great blessing of what Queen of Angels has achieved in being very intentional in their faithfulness to you and having the patience to serve their students well and one another. We thank you, Lord, and we ask your blessings to continue upon all those in education and on all families. Amen. 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 In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Glory be to God. Yes. You've been listening to Spirit in the Schools. Zach Coyle has been your producer and host. This episode was edited by Tony Marks. And for more information, go to spokestreet.com slash spirit. Spirit in the Schools. (laughs) 